0: Hello, this is Marie LaFontaine, and you're listening to Untitled, a series of candid conversations with artists, gallerists, curators, and critics from the international art world. Join me as we discuss the complicated business of working in culture, and get to know each other a little bit better over a cup of coffee. For each episode, I'll be interviewing a new guest. I hope you enjoy our conversations as much as I do. To kick off this podcast series, I'm especially happy to introduce the artist Przemek Piszczek, a fellow Canadian and Berlin creative. Pszemek was born in Poland, but raised in Winnipeg in Canada. He studied environmental design at the University of Manitoba, but made the switch to contemporary art after his move to Berlin in 2010. Through architecturally inspired paintings and sculptures, Piszczek's work traces the changes in Poland society since the fall of the Iron Curtain. His work might look candy-colored and eye-catching, but the story it tells is not as rosy. Similar structures and color schemes can be found all over Eastern Europe and were constructed under the influence of Soviet rule during the mass-building programs of the post-war years. Shemek's sculptures reflect not only the difficulties faced by members of a society after a sudden change in their system, but also the tensions that exist in an individual as they negotiate their own sense of identity within a broader social context. I sat down with Przemek in New York to discuss the personal and political stories behind his work. Yeah, so maybe you can start by telling me how you got into art, because your background is actually in architecture.
1: So, I studied architecture at the University of Manitoba, and when I was a child I wanted to be an artist. I think maybe most artists have that kind of early childhood mm-hmm. pang to be an artist. Yeah. And my, my parents jerked, oh we would better get you a, a beret and a smock <laughs> in architecture school. By the midway point, I knew I didn't want to be a practicing architect mm-hmm. or working in... And in, you,
0: you studied at the University of Winnipeg, right?
1: Uh, University of Manitoba.
0: University of so. Manitoba, okay.
1: And really maybe the first year of the program felt like architecture school, where it mm-hmm. really was about built spaces and yeah. environments. But it became more abstract as it went on, more theoretical. And it really felt like being in art school. And I felt like, oh, I, you know, this is something I enjoy more than sitting in an office and doing technical mm-hmm. drawings of like a wall yeah. section or yeah, something understandably. and the yeah we were doing these projects that were like drawing machines and inflatable sculptures and these things that had a tenuous relationship to architecture but it wasn't about, uh, you know, what is this functional mm-hmm. space? So you're actually to doing
0: this in the architecture school? Yeah. Stuff that, like, wasn't actually directly related to architecture, yeah. but were, was more like conceptual ideas. Yeah. Basically just to, like, practice, the, I guess, the things that you were being taught at the time? Yeah. I'm just interested in on how it, it, it's working, because obviously I never went to architecture yeah, yeah. school,
1: so. Like, we would have, in our studio groups, you know, like, we did a, collaborative project that was our group and then some students from upstate New York and we had this big collaboration It was like inflatable sculptures and these mm-hmm. kind of electric devices that would activate them and so There are things in that process that relate to kind of the practicality of architecture, maybe, but Really it was also just like being an artist like okay. We're putting together a show now. Mm-hmm. So I when I graduated I briefly worked in an office and I was fired Okay. um <laughs> uh, because they told me i was not prepared by my program adequately
0: mm-hmm. and so i wonder how many millennials have heard something like that e- exactly
1: and i agree like i wasn't prepared by the program adequately but also there's a profession needs to keep going people retire you also need to train people within the working
0: environment yeah exactly
1: and so anyway it was a blessing in disguise and i just started doing my own work which at the time was more into video in that direction. Then I moved to Berlin with my then boyfriend.
0: And when was that?
1: That was 2010.
0: 2010.
1: Kind of right before that also I was working at a media art center mm-hmm. in Winnipeg.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was also kind of exposed to the, you know, the art world then and also I was doing odd jobs at plug-in. Like mm-hmm. where i ended up having a show just recently
0: from my perspective obviously i've, n- I've never like worked within architecture but mm. for me the art world seems to be much more accessible just because you can go to a museum you can see an exhibition and you have like much more of like a direct connection exactly with art like as like a thing as like an aesthetic object exactly but as like architecture is something that you kind of grow up with and you're surrounded by it yes but unless Your attention is like purposefully focused on like, okay, this building is also an aesthetic object. It's also something which is designed in a certain way to, I don't know, have a certain purpose.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think, like you said, you start at this bottom rung and it could take a lifetime to fully express some sort of overall vision or creativity.
0: Well when you look at like the the big architects, like the names that you, yeah. you think of just off the top of your head, most of them don't realise major projects until like they're well into their fifties or exactly. like sixties.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And whereas I'm turning thirty three now and already for a few years I've kind of been living my dream, uh-huh. so to say. <laughs> you know, it's I have exhibitions the and i dream
0: <laughs> Yes. And I
1: get to yeah, have exhibitions and make mm-hmm. my work my studio and meet people and be engaged and for me that's enough like obviously you have kind of career and personal goals as you grow but those are just things that happen along Mm -hmm. the way so I already feel like I'm on this journey whereas I feel like if I still worked in architecture I would just feel like I have frustrating roadblocks everywhere Mm -hmm. and that's what friends of mine kind of experience that are still in architecture okay some are happy with where they are and what they're doing, but a lot aren't.
0: But at the same time, this, I mean, your experience in architecture has a huge influence on the art that you make now, actually. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So for me, my, what interests me most about architecture is our experience of space and environments, and, you know... And this know, is something
0: you see very strongly in your exhibitions, also. Yes,
1: yeah. so for me, like, these... Places and spaces that I research in Poland in the work, you know, have a memory connotation, but also my experience of them now and how that relates. Uh And that's what I find so powerful in architecture. So even like this room we're in right now, I walked in, I found it powerful in a way that it's so experiential. And so I'm not interested in the technical details of how this room was constructed or...
0: Mm -hmm. You mean like all the little measurements or something like But much more like the general feeling that you have when you walk in the room and you're like, wow, this is a really engaging space or it's a really interesting space or like it has a, a certain sort of effect on yeah the person who's inside of it.
1: it really felt like like a feeling you can only feel like I can't I can describe yeah. in words and so that's the same when I'm doing my research for the work like there's these feelings I have and it all kind of triggers maybe some sort of mm-hmm. other memory or experience mm-hmm. you've had but when architecture is just on paper you can't kind of surmise that so yeah it's for me it's like such a sensational feeling of, of mm-hmm. spaces and things mm-hmm.
0: so which is I guess kind of like the same feeling that I have when I encounter a piece of of art actually yeah like if you see like a really powerful picture or or a sculpture then you know it has definitely an effect on on you as a viewer exactly so it's the, the sort of like wow factor like yeah. the aura of art yeah I guess that's a sort of comparable feeling to like when you walk into an interior that really has yeah. an effect on you exactly. I mean both both are fundamentally aesthetic yeah at the end And it's interesting actually, like in contemporary art, since the development of this whole idea of relational aesthetics, Mm -hmm. how that has actually come together with architecture, where you have actually like firms, like architecture firms, designing exhibitions in order to like very carefully curate, you can say, the way that people like experience the individual works of art.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: But maybe we can also go back to your own personal past with Poland, because it's where you were born. Yeah. And obviously, this also has a really big effect on on the type of art that you're making. I mean you can see it like immediately just like looking at your sculpture for me as someone who's like spent a lot of time in Poland then I see the immediate link there yeah
1: exactly yeah so I was born in Poland in 1985 and then came to Winnipeg in 1987 we didn't return until the year 2000 on a holiday so I always had this kind of very distant connection to Poland as a place but I was always very aware of being Polish and I think that my name really reinforces yeah, that. of course. <laughs> of course I have Polish parents and you know, they have uh-huh. heavy accents and you know, my mom mm-hmm. like cooks Polish things here and there. Mm-hmm. But like,
0: like growing up in a country like Canada. Yeah. With a name like Pszemek Piszczek. Yeah. Which I think most Canadians can't even spell.
1: Exactly. And if I had a different name, it could be very avoidable, but every day going through life yeah. in Canada, it is a interesting experience. You know, it's almost every day someone's like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm not offended by it or anything. But, and honestly speaking, as a, you know, if you're a white person in Canada, it's like, that's not something you go through. So it is funny. But then it's also like, okay, if you're not white in Canada, that's also something you're probably going through as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'm not fully Canadian. Yes, I became a citizen when I was a child and grew up there and felt at home, but also didn't fully feel it because I didn't have that connection and I didn't have that history. Then going back, that was interesting because then also you don't feel Polish fully because you didn't grow up there. Yeah, you, speak... have a, you have
0: a sort of split identity. Actually. Yes,
1: exactly. So then as an adult, I was, I guess, 21 when I went with my then boyfriend to Berlin on a trip and then also to Poland and we went to visit my family. It was, actually, that was I was 23, it was the year uh, 2008 and it was interesting going as an adult like without my parents and having that experience Mm -hmm. and then 2010 is when i moved there so all along that way it's constantly changing which you've experienced yourself i'm sure especially in the huge cities like Well, if
0: you look at at Warsaw like five years ago, compared to now, some parts of it are almost unrecognizable, Yeah, exactly.
1: So I remember going in the year 2000 and then 2010, that's 10 years, and it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. the change. And for my parents, that must have been wild. The way the country had transformed, like it literally turned into another country overnight.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And suddenly seeing like, oh, it's like mass capitalism. Mm -hmm. I wish I had that experience as well of seeing that change. Mm -hmm. But even for me now, you go five years later and it's unrecognizable.
0: And and how is it actually, because I assume that you probably had like very vague childhood memories of Mm -hmm. growing up in Bialystok or like, Mm -hmm. you were living there like two, three, no, six years, I think.
1: Three years, but I do have these very faint memories.
0: So it's somehow like in the back of your mind, it's like a part of your identity, and then you were studying architecture in Winnipeg, Yes. kind of getting into this art scene and then suddenly you go back and you're confronted with all of this aesthetic style of communist Poland actually. Yes, exactly. with, with, with anyone who's been to Eastern Europe, you know, they would recognize immediately these big metal grates that you have like on all the windows and this crazy uh, exercise equipment that you have always in the backs of these apartment mm-hmm. buildings that are always pastel colored or like yeah. different colored and the places where you hang out your carpets and you yes. eat them and yes, stuff the like carpet, that. Yeah. So this is like somehow a piece of your own memory and that you're re-encountering actually the first time. Mm-hmm. And this is also something which is coming out in, in the art that you're making.
1: Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's interesting. The country has transformed, but then these relics are still around.
0: From this leftover era. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then how do we trust those and live with them now? You know, like my grandma lives in one of these buildings. My aunt and uncle live in one of these buildings. And so I still...
0: Mm -hmm. You mean these big um, concrete block prefabricated Yeah,
1: these prefabricated common stair buildings. Yeah, so for me it's it's interesting these kind of aesthetic and cultural changes that happen and and it's just just kind of chaos.
0: You mean like the way that the different systems sort of collide in in these objects? And the aesthetics
1: colliding and how there are people involved kind of in that process that some are designers and some aren't. So you -hmm. have these buildings painted with these crazy graphics.
0: Yeah, or like these crazy murals that are going on all over Poland on on these buildings. These buildings, yeah. Where there are young people and they're like actively engaging with this sort of like aesthetic references of the past and kind of like using it but making fun of it at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, which I find really, really interesting. This whole new generation of Polish—not just artists, but also like designers, yeah. or also fashion designers—actively using this um, feeling of, uh, of a generation that um, technically doesn't, you really, know, they don't really exist anymore mm-hmm. in, in the same way. Because the generation that came immediately after that, I think, they wanted to forget actually most of yeah. this communist past that came yeah. before them. Like your parents, you know, yeah. they left, yeah. and they had still a connection to Poland, but they were really like um, actively engaged in their life in Canada and building a life for themselves, and and also partly a new identity. Mm -hmm. And then um, someone like you, their son, is going back, and uh, then you're actually moving back there. Well, you have a house there now. Yeah,
1: I'm moving to this village. It's 90 minutes from Berlin. And to me, it's fascinating, it's, I think, a necessary next step in my career and my artistic research and production. Mm -hmm. Because right now it's been this kind of like arm's length encounter with Poland. And now I think it'll be really fascinating to just be fully integrating myself into this other half of my life.
0: <laughs> well, something that's like a part of you, but yeah, yeah. But uh, you were never somehow really strongly connected to. Yeah,
1: I guess, until exactly. Now. Yeah. And I think, too, with, you know, like the kind of complexity of the political situation and everything, I think it is interesting to, I don't know, just be there because people are like, oh, you're going to move there and... Mm-hmm. there's all this craziness happening it's like but that doesn't mean you cut yourself off you know yeah, from society exactly. or so we'll see what happens
0: mm-hmm. yeah well that should be really really interesting yeah. actually i'm really interested to see what the house is looking like cool well is there anything else that you want to say or something like that
1: i'd just like to thank you for having me
0: oh thank you for coming <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to continuing the cooperation oh thank you <laughs> me too. is produced by Arsalan Muhammad. A transcript of this conversation as well as photos of Shemek's work will be available soon on the podcast website. Thank you for listening and tune in next time.